Who can pierce like that? Who can change people's minds and heart? Only one, the reviver, the light of the world. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Elif. We're honored to have another episode here with you to really talk about revival and spiritual awakening and to do it, come on now, in the Christmas season. It's Christmas. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know, Kyle, you and I just a minute ago, uh, we're talking about this, and this image of Will Ferrell as <laughs> Elf just came to our mind. I know. We're just really sad. trying to rend that from our minds oh, right it's now. It's just sad how ingrained that is. <laughs> But but that's that's what I mean. That's what Christmas has become, right? In me, almost everybody. Yeah. and and gifts. Yeah, sadly. You got, so you, you got any boys and girls yeah. at your house? Uh, you know, so we talk about our kids a lot because we get to right. Yeah, it's that's awesome. right. It's and our, we earn you know, that parental privilege, right? Yeah, raising right. this many kids. Yeah, it's our, we're doing the podcast. Somebody else want to talk <laughs> about yeah, something right. else? You don't like it? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do your own podcast. That's right. That's right. You do a podcast <laughs> about not talking about your kids if you want to, but we're going to. Well, yeah. I have twin boys. <laughs> Uh, one of which is Tucker, and he is he carry he embodies that Christmas spirit that it his mom it. has. Oh, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Katie is Miss Claus, y'all. Yeah, I mean, right, <laughs> yeah. Right. She got so Tucker right now uh, is coming out, and, and just he has now for months. He comes out in the morning, and the first thing he looks in the corner for <laughs> not Christmas presents, but for the Christmas tree. <laughs> he wants because <the> <laughs> he, he just, knows if the tree's yeah. got to come first. Yeah, yeah. And then the presents. You and know, then the out. next. Yeah. yeah. He's got that in order. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And, and you may, it just it makes me laugh and love yeah. it. You know, but the truth is, we even know there's a progression yeah. to things, you know, yeah. like that there's things that have to come. Yeah. And even was true for Jesus, you know, and yeah. we're, we're walking into, you know, a series yeah. looking at that very thing. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, Christmas, uh, it's interesting. We, all, we have all these different pictures we've got real secular pictures real ungodly pictures right. at times uh and then we we have spiritual pictures that aren't all that great right you know some for some people it's just just and i don't say this to minimize jesus in the manger right and we and that is a phenomenal picture but this was the greatest one of the greatest military invasions that ever happened, and I think I think uh, this is what Isaiah nine tells us, and there is a huge connection, Kyle. I think between the first coming of Christ and the the manifest presence of Christ that we need in revival and spiritual awakening. So, in the next few weeks, we just want to want to really gaze at the reviver. We just want to look at. Uh, him through the lens of the prophecy of Isaiah, and during this Christmas season, thank him for what he's done initially, and then pray for what we know he needs to do in our lives, our churches, and our land. You know, one of the great pictures is found here in Isaiah chapter 9, and I love how it begins. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. 
Now, you know the application of that about the coming of Christ. I mean, until he came, we had not seen anyone like Christ. We had not seen the Savior. He'd been prophesied. There had been these 400 years of silence, and then Christ came onto the scene in, uh, in, that, in that manger, and then years later in his teaching all the way to the cross and resurrection. Uh, but the problem was the land was dark. They were living in darkness. And as we look at our nation today and our lives today and our churches today, the reality is we're still living in a whole lot of darkness. I, I've been thinking for several years now about how to interpret what's going on in our nation. And uh, we, we should be men that understand the times and know what's going on so that we can cooperate with God in the ways of God in revival and awakening and his great plan for the ages. And uh, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 1 about progressions that nations go through. Uh, listen to the statement. It says that what happened is God made himself known. Nobody can say, uh, well, Lord, you didn't let me know. Everybody knows, has the opportunity to know. And then it says, but the problem was that even though, here's verse 21 of Romans 1, they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, and they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They started professing to be wise, but they were just fools. And then as, they, as people, as we, continue to walk away from God, three times in this passage it says God gives them up. He gives them up, it says, in verse 24, to the lust of their hearts, to impurity. And then in verse uh, 26, he gives them up to degrading passions. Men and women exchange normal affections for their own sex, and, and they, they long to be involved with the other sex. And, uh, and then it says in verse 28, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. Now, a depraved mind, that phrase is really interesting. The word comes from the root word that we get uh, to judge. And it means this. It means that they have lost, someone who has a, a reprobate or depraved mind has lost the ability to make moral judgments. In other words, they just can't see. They are in, it's not like, oh, I see light and I see darkness. All I see is darkness, but here's the mark of a depraved mind. I think it's light. Uh, black is white to me. Wrong is right to me. Unrighteousness, the worst kind of unrighteousness, I think, is perfectly righteous and good and acceptable. And uh, in fact, I'll fight you about it. In fact, I'll kill you about it. In fact, I'll protest about it. I'll destroy property about it, right? So I've, I've, I've watched this in our nation for many years, and, and there were times in the past decades when I would hear people say something, and it would be so blatantly wrong that everybody knew it was wrong. But somebody was trying to be, you know, have some shock value or say something, you know, crazy. And but other people would think, well, that's I don't nobody believes that. 
Now, I hear those kinds of statements everywhere all the time. And it's not nobody believes those things. You would have to have lost your mind to believe those things. It's, well, of course we believe those. And we're going to teach them. And we're going to train our children that way. And we're going to vote for those things. And we're going to put people in power who will promote those things. You know what that's called? It's called God giving us up to a reprobate mind. And you say, Bill, you're trying to, uh, you're trying to scare us. No, I, I'm trying to discern what's really going on in our world. We live in a dark nation right now, and it's darker than you think. Now you say, well, what in the world can penetrate that? What can protect us and our children from that kind of thinking? That's one important question. But here's a second one. What can penetrate that? Uh, if minds have gone so far that they're reprobate, then, then how can that be changed? How, what could possibly change that? Well, there's only one answer. The light. <laughs> it's the light. And the light of Jesus Christ, who came at Christmas and illuminated our darkness, uh, can illuminate anything. It can help anybody to see. I love the fact in this passage, it says that they saw, right? They will see a great light. Not just the light will be there, but they'll see it. And they will come to it. And it will lead to their redemption. Imagine with me if uh, the world was, was uh, destroyed somehow, most of it. But there was a few people left, and, and uh, time went on. And let's say it was the year 3010. There were just a few people on Earth. And they found a Volkswagen Beetle, you know, the, the, the little bug car. And uh, it, was, it was uncovered, and they, the archaeologists discovered this. They thought, man, this is an amazing discovery. There was no, uh, there was no manual. There was no, nobody knew about cars. Well, they would start proposing their explanations of how this came. You know, well, this fell out of the sky. Uh, there was a big bang in heaven, and all these pieces came together. And and this is a place where people live. It's a tent, and it's a movable tent because it has little wheels on it or something. You know, I mean, you'd come up with all these preposterous ideas about what that was if you didn't have the light, if you didn't know the truth, if you, if you didn't have the manual, right? Well, we've got the manual. God has given us that to give us light, and we have Christ. And when Christ walks in the door, he can penetrate darkness and reverse everything. I was reading recently about one of the great movements in our nation, one of the five great nationwide spiritual awakenings. Uh, it was a second great awakening, probably the longest and maybe the most profound in its effect. Uh, one of the professors at Notre Dame, Noel, says that more was accomplished, that the, that the second great awakening changed American history more than anything before and more than anything since. Well, well, during the beginning of the awakening in the late 1700s, it was just darkness. It was just darkness everywhere. Yale University, that was one of the key schools, of course, nearly as 
large. None of the schools were large back in that day. Uh, but Yale was started to train pastors. That was its whole intent. But it had gotten way away from that. And in 1797, only 10% of the students, uh, and there were only 120 students at that time, 10%, only 10% of them uh, claimed that they uh, followed Christ at all. Eight of those were seniors <laughs> and were leaving. So only four students left in this entire student body. They mocked uh, Jesus. They laughed at the Bible. Uh, it, was a, it was a dark, dark situation. Uh, but a man named Timothy Twight, he was the grandson of Jonathan Edwards, uh, and, and he understood, he knew, he was a great man of God. And so he came to be the president of Yale, and he saw this terrible condition. Well, what he began to do is he began to uh, teach and to disciple and to uh, pray and to cry out to God that God would turn the trajectory of the school. One day they asked him to speak, and they, they had this deal where they could ask him any question, and he would prepare and speak on it. And the question was, and they thought he couldn't answer it, is the Old Testament and New Testament, are they both real? And how can we know they're real? And they, they knew he couldn't handle it. Well, not only, of course, did he answer their question, but for the next six months he talked on the reliability and the authority of the Scripture. He knew he had to establish that there was a God, that God speaks, and God had spoken, and that what God said was authoritative, and, and this was, uh, would bring the light of God into that campus. Well, soon a group of students got stirred in their heart, and they began to pray. They just began to meet in dorm rooms to cry out to God for revival. And then the revival came, and student after student after student came to know Christ. It was incredible. 1802 was when this happened, and before long, not 10%, but 20%, 30% of the student population had come to Christ. It's a great movement of revival in 1802. That waned a little bit, but then it came back in 1808 and 1812, and 1815. Between the year 1800 and 1815, there were four movements on Yale's campus that brought light to that campus, and it just pierced right through. Now, who can do that? Who can pierce like that? Who can change people's minds and hearts? Only one, the reviver, the light of the world. And he can do it. And Kyle, this is, as we think about Christmas and the light of Christ coming, mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel like I just look around our nation mm -hmm. and I see the darkness and I think, man, yeah. this is the Christmas miracle we right, need right. right here is Christ yeah. coming again, manifesting himself yeah. again. Yeah, and, and let the light be seen again. Yeah. You know, I think there's something about, there's so many things. You're, you're sharing, and I was just thinking about light in itself. You know, my kids, it gets gets darker early now. I got outside kids. You know, they yeah. like playing outside, right. and we encourage them toward that. Uh, but th they will get uh, uncertain mm -hmm. as things get darker. Wow. Yeah. But you just go turn the front porch lights on, and, and they'll stay until you call them in. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like right now, if you could just gauge where we are, everybody's just real uncertain. 
Yeah, we're we're scared. You know, we're, we we don't know. We're, those that are even uh, not scared are uh, assured they're right. They're stumbling down the wrong road, mm-hmm. you know. And what we need is for the Lord Jesus uh, to come in a way that he brings light to everything. Right. That brings light in such a way that you can see your own brokenness, your need. We can see the way forward again, and that is revival. You know, it's encouraging, uh, Kyle, right now, to hear so many reports, we'll talk about yeah. some of these, but so many reports of the light coming on on some college campuses, yeah. just like it did on Yale. Right. You know, that movement right. that happened in Yale went to Harvard right. and, I mean, went to Princeton and Amherst. It went to several yeah. colleges on the East Coast that were there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these are the, these are, this is the next generation. That's these right. are the movers and the shakers. Yeah. Boy, we need the light of God for the next generation. Yeah, right. For the light to come and spread. Well, yeah. yeah. And and so uh, we want to pray for this. And, yeah. you know, the, honestly, there's a reason that this co- this podcast is called One Cry. Right. We're trying to unite mm. a cry across our nation, mm. joining with, uh, I think, millions of people mm-hmm. who are crying out right now. That's right. Uh, that the Lord that the light would come and the light would just burst in and transform people's lives. So when we pray together on this podcast, it's not just to fill up, you know, two minutes. It's, it's, we're really praying. It's more than that. We want you to pray with us and we hope it will model Mm -hmm. prayers that need to be prayed uh, during this time of a need for revival. So Kyle, why don't you, Again, I'll close us here yeah. in a moment, and you join us as yeah. you're listening. Yeah, just even if you're driving down the road, let's just get in a posture of prayer in our mind and in our heart. Let's let our, our mind for a moment be focused on Jesus and Jesus alone. And why don't we ask the Lord to shine, to shine in our own lives, in our own spirit, Ask him to turn the light on in us mm-hmm. in ways that we need to see things in our own life, of the purging light of God. Mm. When we take a second and think about this Christmas season and ask the Lord to come. Yes. To come into our homes, to come into your church, that there would be an invasion of light in your city. Why don't you ask him right there for an invasion of light in our country? Mm. And let's just let him know we want him to come. Mm -hmm. So, Jesus, we welcome you. We welcome the light of the world into our lives, into our churches, into our cities. And we ask, Lord, we we thank you for the incarnation, Jesus. We thank you that you did come. Lord, we thank you that you're coming again. That's right. What we ask for now, Lord, is for the fullest manifestation of light that we have ever known yes. that this country needs right now. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, we're asking for that in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I, I don't know why. I'm just moved to pray for someone who's listening today who has a friend uh, or a child, a prodigal, that's just completely in the dark. Mm. That wrong is right. Uh, they're completely upside down in their thinking. They're adamant about it. Mm. 
They're belligerent about it. And it just seems that whatever words of persuasive wisdom you might say to them, just don't reach them. Mm. Oh, God, you are the light of the world. Mm. And we pray with them. We join together in praying that you would pierce their darkness. Mm. Lord, that the light of the Lord Jesus Christ would shine upon them and they would see. Their eyes would be opened. And Lord, you've done this. You can do this for a seven-year-old child who is innocent and and uh, kind of meek and mild and sheltered or a 40-year-old reprobate who's done everything and seen everything. Lord, you can shine the light on because Lord salvation is not uh, our figuring things out. It's the grace of God and his light coming to us. So Lord, pierce the darkness, save lost people, turn the light on this Christmas. And I, I pray that even this Christmas, Lord, somebody come home. Yes, Lord. Somebody just come home. And uh, Lord, it would make such a glorious reunion. Mm. And in the and in heaven, Lord, the angels would rejoice, and moms and dads and grandparents would rejoice that uh, someone who has been in the darkness has come to the light. So we pray for that this Christmas season in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, again, thank you for joining us on the One Cry Podcast. Uh, I would encourage you if if God spoke to you, share it with somebody. You know, if it's been something that's helped you, you know, it's helping you to think. Walk somebody else into that. Share it, post it, send it to somebody. And we look forward to having some more time with you next week. And always, as always, we, we love to share a story about what God is doing. So we'll, we'll close today. Uh, listen carefully to this, this testimony of what God, the light coming to someone that needed him. Well, hello, this is Ben Dishner with One Cry, and I am so blessed to have uh, Jordan Bowen from Little Rock, Arkansas, and Hillcrest Community Church, and uh, we're going to talk some about what God's been doing in your life, but welcome, Jordan. Great to have you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ben. Glad to be here, honored, and and just very thankful. Well, I was so blessed to meet you uh, a few weeks back in in one of our meetings, and uh, just to hear what God has been doing in your life, but uh, for our listeners, would you would you just share uh, what God's been doing in your heart recently, and and maybe in the area of personal revival? Yeah, thank you, Ben. Um, yeah, it's hard to know exactly where it all begins, um, but I think it really it's really progressed in even just the past few months. Honestly, um, you know, I'm pastor here in Little Rock, planted and and pastor and our church. Um, I'd say kind of birthed out of pain in a lot of ways. And uh, I think the Lord allowed that to bring me to um, eventually a place of brokenness. And I think that's where I began to understand um, true revival and uh, the need for revival in my life. Uh, You know, I've, I've always been passionate about revival as far back as I can remember reading stories and and thinking about what what did that look like, and but it seemed like everything for me, um, I that everything was a little distant. Uh, it was a story uh, decades ago, or a testimony of someone, but it was still it was it was distant in time. And 
the Lord, by his grace, um, I began to be mentored by Bill Eliff here in Little Rock. And he's a man that obviously uh, on this podcast and and speaks revival, ha- understands revival, has experienced revival and pursues that. And it just began to help me see, okay, I, I need that in my life. I, and and I, I didn't know it could happen, uh, if that makes sense. Like I knew it could but I didn't know that it really could. Um, and so I think that began to shift with the brokenness I was experiencing just in ministry and in life and in my personal relationship with the Lord. And I just came to the place where I was like, okay, Lord, it, I need it really bad. This is the time in my life um, that I, I am beginning to realize that it's possible and so I'm asking you to do it. Um, you know, it was through this podcast, in fact, that I heard stories that were no longer distant. It, it was, it was, oh, well, in 2020 uh, and through 2021, Long Hollow uh, and Pastor Robbie Gallaty experienced personal and corporate revival. And then Nathan Lino and in, in Texas and, and continuing in other places in Texas. And when I heard that, it shifted. I, I realized, okay, I need this. And it's not just in a textbook or in a history book or in a testimony of someone from the 50s, 60s, 70s. It, it is right now. And I think when I realized that, I thought, okay, Lord, like I, I want to understand how these men got there um, in their lives and how they're le- living differently now because of this. What, what journey did you take them on? And I just, I mean, I just really began to go on this journey of of trying to meet with the Lord a lot and understand coming to the end of myself, coming to brokenness, coming to humility, uh, giving up uh, in many ways, just releasing all of it to the Lord. And I think it's in that place um, that my hunger increased for revival what are some changes you have uh, seen in in your pursuit of Christ uh, as a result of just what you've come across? And um, uh, is is your prayer time different? Is your your Bible study different? What in, in your own life practically? What are some what are some changes you've seen? Yeah, um, well, it it yeah, it's all it's all very different. I run a lot, and there's a river out here where I run at, and. I just, I was meeting with, I was trying to study and, and trying was the big word there and trying to think about another Sunday. And the Lord just said, Jordan, you need to go out to the river. And I'd actually just heard a testimony of a man and 99 years old crying out for revival and, and, and heard it through the podcast. And, and I said, okay, Lord, I, I'm going to just go out there. I'm going to listen to this story and I'm just going to meet with you for my sake. This is from, I, I need you to talk to me. And it was in that place that I just, the Lord brought me through that story and through Exodus 33, where Moses is meeting with God and Joshua's right outside the tent of meeting. Yeah. And I, I just was like, okay, Lord, that's, that's what I need today. Like, I need to know that you are still that God. And I need to know that I can meet with you as if it's face to face. That place, when I learned to sit with God and I was beginning to study from my own life again and trust that he will overflow that into others' lives 
ministry. Um, it just changed the way I minister, the way I prepare, the way I, the way I lead, the way I live, how, when I pray, what I pray. And it was also at that place that the Lord, uh, just took me on that journey, I think, to, to really surrender whatever that meant, wherever I would go, whatever I would do. So what are, what are some ways that has spilled over into your congregation at your church? Maybe has that changed some ways your church is worshiping or or praying or what are some things that you've seen happen in your church as well? Yeah, it it has changed. And I would say just within the past couple of weeks, I think, I mean, honestly, I I think we're still trying to understand what the Lord's doing in that. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe I should have led with this, but I, you know, the Lord brought me to a point where I, I had to go to, I had to, I had to go visit Long Hollow. That's what it came down to. I just, I, I told my wife, I said, I don't know how, I don't know what, but I know God wants me to go visit Long Hollow. And through Bill, I, I, I made the connection with Robbie and I thought, okay, well, even if I don't get to meet him, it's still going to be wonderful to go and experience a church that's experienced revival, but I'd love to meet him. And even for five minutes, just hear a word. And, and by God's grace, I was able to do all of that. And, um, you know, I, I fasted and prayed and just sought the Lord with my wife in expectation of that. And when we went, you, it is a diff, I mean, it's different. You, I could sense these people have met with God. And I could sense when I met Pastor Robbie for just a, a brief moment and just a few minutes, I, I told my wife later, I said, it's just obvious he has, he has seen God mm. and, and he's different because of that. And everything he does is different. And it, in that moment, I think I realized that's all I want in my life. I've heard Rob, Pastor Robbie say this, Pastor Nathan Lino say this about running a machine. Yeah. And, 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 and I've, I, I felt that to the extreme mm. in ministry and pastoring and everything. And, and I just came to the end of myself um, <laughs> where I realized I, that's not me. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want, I want to, I want to pastor people, but I want to pastor it from a place of personal revival like I want to know that I'm fully surrendered to God and it's just flowing out of me. And, and I just begin to cry out there at long hollow and since then, Lord, would you bring revival to Hillcrest community church or send me where it's coming? I, I told my wife, like, I will go anywhere, anything we, th- that is the answer that to, to me, to, to the world, to the, the local church. And so, yeah, I, I'd say it changed my church. It's the story to tell you because I, I, I stood before my church and I told him that I said, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm seeking after revival in my life. I need it. Yeah. I need it really bad. I, I need to, I need to see God yeah. as, if, as if, um, you know, I, I'm just, I need that. And I know it's possible now <laughs> more than what I read. And so since that's possible, that's where I'm heading is what I told the church. And I want you to go with me. People have started praying for revival and mm. it, it is different in the room. But if I was to come back to, to it all, you know, Ben, I would say um, I'm different. 
And I think, I, I think, I think that's what makes it great. Yeah. Is um, even if nothing changed in my church, I'm, I'm changed. Yeah. And, and I, I, I now know what I'm after and I now know it's possible. And I now know that every day I can experience God's presence in a very intimate way and pray that he would bring revival in an extraordinary way. Yeah. A lot of us, a lot of us say when we're talking about revival ministry with one cry and others that we, other friends of ours that we know, uh, you know, we can't make revival happen, but we can set ourselves toward it yeah. through prayer and orienting our life toward Christ. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's a, that's a wonderful aim. And I think, uh, I think it's valuable with the church too. And it's exciting that they're starting to take that up as well. Yeah. So uh, what would you, what would you say to pastors who are listening or leaders, maybe prayer leaders, uh, people who just would love to see something happen like that in their life or in their church? What would you encourage them to do? Uh, be broken. Yeah, I think um, I, I don't want to lose that, that brokenness. I think, um, you know, a broken man is a revived man, can be a revived man. And a revived man can be useful. Um, I I think we can be the most useful for the kingdom of God when we're revived, and that comes through brokenness. I I just think we can, and 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 so I would say, yeah, I think lean into your insecurity, and and lean into your your loneliness, your your confusion, your what am I doing? You know, if you're a pastor or just a follower of Jesus, lean into that, but lean into it. Like you said, towards the one who, who is everything. Yeah. Lean into the Lord with that and, and be willing to go on that journey, that painful journey, um, you know, to come to the end of yourself, yeah. you know, Ephesians um, really got a hold of me this year. And because I think it was through Ephesians um, and through Pastor Robbie, Pastor Nathan, and through Bill Eliff helping me understand some of Ephesians through their teaching of you just see the thread of the Holy Spirit. And that thread, though, I think it's it's um, it, it increases in our life based off of our surrender. And our surrender is usually connected to our humility and our brokenness. Yeah. And and I I want that. Like now that I understand that I can have a fresh feeling of the Holy spirit and I'm responsible to surrender myself to keep on being filled. Um, now that I understand that, um, and I understand surrender and brokenness, I would encourage all pastors, every follower of Jesus, um, to, to, to get broken. Um, to know that as pastor Robbie said, you have as much of God as you want. Yeah. And he's not saying that, that God's hiding or that God doesn't give himself fully to you when you follow him. But you perhaps are not giving yourself fully to him. Yeah. Right? It's not gaining more of God. It's, it's God gaining more of you. And as God gains more of you and you find yourself just fully um, surrendered to him, then, then the, the life is abundant and joyful this, despite the circumstance. Well, Jordan, that's awesome. And I, I've, so appreciate your heart. I appreciate what God is doing in your life and in your church. And uh, when 
when we were meeting, I think, uh, I think the statement was, I think we found the poster child for one cry because <laughs> God used it in your life, not as a, not as a plug for us, but just, it was exciting how you got, you ran across the podcast, you ran across those resources and God just used that in your life. So uh, it's exciting to hear that story, and we're so glad to be friends with you. Thanks so much again for joining us, and uh, thanks for thanks for being on. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. <laughs>